Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. And on this week's episode of the podcast, we're going to be looking at estate agents and some tips, tricks around how you can get the best deals out of agents, how to work with agents, how to build relationships with agents, and how better to learn that than to learn and speak to somebody who has lived and breathed it for years. So today on the podcast, I've been joined by Joe Catchside. Now, Joe's got over 16 years experience in running his own estate agency practice. So let's get straight into it and let's find out how Joe can help us help you build a bigger property business. So hi, Joe. Thanks for joining us. No, it's a pleasure, Kev. Thanks for the so, invite. 16 years in estate agent. Yeah, so that you don't have to, so that nobody else has to go through that. So that, I mean, some people have, have like, that. that's like a, that's like a long-term. It's a bit of a long-term commitment, shall we say. What we do, there, are, we, there are marriages that last for a short period. You only get 10 years. Obviously, you did it straight out of school. Now, if people watching the podcast, right, if you're watching the podcast, I know we're not live in a studio, if you, if you, but if you were, um, you'd know that Joe was straight out of school if he spent 16 years in an estate agent. Yeah, absolutely. And devastatingly be like handsome. 32. Yeah, I have 32 plus VAT. Plus VAT. Plus, 30, plus a yeah, lot of... Plus a bit of a markup on a that lot as of that. well. As, yeah. <laughs> so um, what were you doing before the estate agents? What was their career? You finished school. What did you do? I finished school. I uh, took a year out and went to Japan, taught English for a bit. Uh, I went to university, um, studied English. Um, I then had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do and was on the dole for a bit and eventually ended up with a career in business-business conferencing. Right. Um, after a couple of years of doing that, learning how to do it, I learned how to do it for myself. So my wife and I, then girlfriend, now wife, um, set up our own conference business and we ran that for eight years. Um, and, and then you decided to go into a state agency. Yeah. Well, when we first started the conference business, we were originally providing outsourced services right. to other providers. Um, and then we developed our own sort of portfolio of conferences that we organized and we venture funded them yeah. and it was really a lifestyle business so we worked really really hard for 12 months uh, for six months doing one conference uh, with that we'd make enough money to pay for next year's conference buy a house and do fun things for six months before we started again okay and um, then um, you did this for a while so you'd, you'd started to do buy to lets before you became an agent yeah yeah we'd done that and we got up to eight rental properties right and um then our son our first uh, child at that point was two years old and we thought Do you know what if we have one bad year and we get it wrong one year we don't have a business so we should go into something a bit more bricks and mortar yeah and we thought that having been uh, property purchasers and using rental services um, that we would then go into that industry ourselves because our experiences of it had been pretty poor so we thought we could offer something better new dynamic into the estate agency business right so you started a state agency business when back what year 2005 2005 um, in and a rising market at a very strong point we yeah. might consider if we're in a similar point in the market right. Now, a lot of people would sit, maybe listen to the podcast and they'd be thinking, as an estate agent, you, um, you're a professional, you know property inside out, 
you, you've already got eight properties before you've started. So now you, this is going to really help you fast track to build your portfolio. So is, is that what happened? Is that what transpired? Uh, um, no, absolutely not. And, and because um, as estate agents, we had to use our knowledge and skills and experience to service the clients who came to us with houses to sell or houses to rent out. Right. So we weren't in a position to use a kind of creative techniques with people that um, our, our experience had given us at that point, partly because we hadn't actually done property investment training. We'd sort of busked it and, and made a few mistakes along the way ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but also, and primarily because we have a, had a, a responsibility, a moral and legal obligation to do everything that we could in the best interests of the client, first and foremost. Right. So those clients, we were using all of our skills to to enhance their experience, to get right. the most for their property, whether it was for sale or for rent. So I guess you couldn't get deals from your from your own agency, so you'd have to get them from the other agents. Uh, well, in theory, but in practice, because we were now the competition, other agents wouldn't bring deals to us at all. We were just a closed book for them. Right. So suddenly you went from building your own portfolio to selling houses, but not building your own portfolio. Yeah, correct. So we we ended up being um, a. a a tool in the in the chain by which yeah. property developers make their money as opposed to being right. property developers or and obviously fast forward sort of 16 years you've now decided to get back into the portfolio building side yeah quite right so um it's been an interesting journey we went through the crash of 2008 which was uh, our revenue went in our in our flagship office at that point from 10,000 a month to 3,000 for a quarter so that was a bit of an experience with lots of mouths to feed in the staff that we'd taken on um, and then we went through other things that were internal to our business as well. So we had some sort of challenging circumstances with staff members and one of the founding directors and all sorts of uh, exciting tales that I'll turn into a, a, a book at some point or I'll tell them to my therapist, either or. Um, and we came out of this, the real turnaround for us was 2016 when our business came the closest to going under that it had done throughout eight years of, of kind of firefighting. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we, we resolved our circumstances, um, actually by refinancing the company, by selling the property that it was in and then hiring it back from the people we'd sold it to. So it was property ownership and property business that got us out of trouble for our property business. Right. Um, and then we realized that we wanted to get ourselves back into the, the buying the buying and selling of property. We made more money in the in the years before we went into agency than we did in sixteen years in agency. Right. So for anyone listening to the podcast at the moment thinking, um, you know, can you should they be getting their advice from an estate agent? Let's say they're brand new and they're walking into an agent and they're thinking, okay, what house do I buy? Should they be taking their advice from an estate agent in terms of what property to buy as an investment? Absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> and uh, first and foremost, because the, the person who's sitting behind the desk in the estate agency is probably in a estate agency because that's the job that they got when they were mm. 18 applying for jobs left, right and centre. They could equally have ended up in insurance or banking or on the front desk at the leisure centre, but they got a job in agency and they've been there ever since. Um, there are some people in agency who have their own portfolios of property or who have gone into it because they have a, a, a you know a long-standing yep. personal interest in property, but the overwhelming majority of agency staff are people who are salaried employees and that just happens to be where they work. Right, okay. And then um, w with dealing with agents, a lot of people talk about um, agents having their little black book of contacts, the under-the-table deals, the stuff that never appears on the window, 
Um, is that the reality of estate agents or is that something you see or what would you say is the reality of day-to-day estate agency? I think like any profession, there are some unscrupulous <coughs> players who will do things in a way that's unethical. But like most professions, the vast majority of people in agency just want to do a good job for the people that come in, that mm. they deal with day-to-day for their clients sure. who, who trust them with their business. Um, that doesn't mean to say, though, that you can't build relationships with agents, that you as a property investor, once you've been properly trained and you understand how the agency works and what the people in the agency need from you, that you can't build relationships with them, which means that you will get ahead of the game, you will get to see deals before the rest of the market sees them, because they know that you understand property and they know what you can deliver to them. And the agents, when you say what the agents need, what typically, from the eyes of an estate agent, what are they looking for from um, a property investor? Uh, Well, from a property investor, um, some credibility and some honesty and transparency. Probably the worst thing that you can do is um, uh, tell an agent that you're going to buy the house and then not have the funds and not be able to. Um, So you need to be kind of frank and transparent with where you are and what you're doing. Um, But I would say in broad terms, it's more about what you can bring to the agent in terms of developing their business that will put you at the forefront of their minds when they're talking to potential sellers of property. So how do you mean by developing their business? How How could a listener help the agent develop their business? Well, the first thing to do is to understand properly what the estate agent's business is. So we, or the high street might in general terms, perceive that an estate agent's job is selling houses but actually the bills are paid not by the person who buys the house. So the agent really is selling services to people with houses to sell. That's the core, the driver that underpins everything else that the agent does. Now, the agent normally gets paid by the seller, yeah. but it's also possible, as, as the online <coughs> agent strike who will sell your house now with no fee, that the agent is not even making the, the majority of their money in some agencies, from the seller of the house paying them. That actually, a significant proportion of the revenue for most estate agents comes from referral business to legal services or to mortgage and other financial services and then to any range of other esoteric things that the the agent can provide to the people who come into their business. Yeah, interesting. So, and and also, so yes, you you think about it as the, the, the buyer of the house is paying the, for the, purchase of the house and the commission is coming from that mm-hmm. but the agent doesn't get anything unless they've sold the idea of them selling the house for the owner to the owner in the first place yeah absolutely so the estate agent's client is the seller of a house and that's true even if it's strike who aren't charging for that service they still can't sell other services around that it's true for purple bricks who charge up front yeah and it's true for the conventional agency model where the uh, the bill with the agent is settled by the seller of the house from the proceeds of the sale, normally on a percentage of the overall price. Interesting. You mentioned something else there, credibility. Mm -hmm. So you said um, the agents are looking for credibility. Now, for many of the listeners, if they're listening to this, they might be thinking, oh, credibility, that's not me. It's the the catch-22. I don't have any deals done yet, so how can I prove credibility? But yet everybody has to do their first deal. So when you said the word credibility, what exactly do you mean? Um, I think above all, as in with any relationship, it's being able to develop and to deliver to the agent the things that you promise to the agent. Now, um, I think there is a tendency, if you think about agency, to overstate the importance of the buyer of a property. 
because as we've just covered, it's the seller of the property who is actually the, the client of the agent. They're the driver for the estate agency business. And actually, a house, if it's priced appropriately and the agent takes calls and goes on viewings, it will sell. Um, I've never known of an estate agent who could say something clever and persuade somebody to buy a house they don't like. Or equally, I have very, very few instances when somebody will not buy a house that they absolutely fall in love with because they don't like the agent who's selling it. The, the sale of the house is almost an incidental. Yeah. Um, so if you think that because somebody buys two or three houses or ten houses in a year as a developer that they might be more important to the agent, that's not necessarily true. What the agent needs more than anything else are instructions of new houses to sell. And that's something that even as an absolute beginner in the property industry, you can start to deliver things to the agent that they need to enhance their business. Right. And for a lot of people, their starting point typically when they go looking for houses is Rightmove. Mm -hmm. So they'll go on Rightmove or they'll go on Zoopla or on the market or one of these sites yep. and they'll start scrolling down through hundreds of houses trying to identify one. Um, if you're looking to be a property investor, is, is that the way to approach it to find the best deals or should there be a slightly different approach? Um, it's certainly a good place to start in terms of getting to completely know and understand your local market. But many of the best deals that come through estate agents are delivered uh, by a call before it ever gets the property ever gets on to right move. Um, and now that, like any relationship, you are um, it, it, it's a building of trust over time. <clears throat> so you're not going to walk into an estate agent on day one and say, "Hello, I'm a property investor. Um, what deals have you got that nobody knows about yet?" Uh, you are going to have to build that trust over time. You're going to have to show to the agent that you understand their business and that you can deliver things into their business and that therefore you can also become an asset to their principal task of getting new properties onto the market. So uh, if I can give you an example of yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So for example, if you know that your strategy is to um, buy a property, to refurbish it and then to refinance or to sell the property, uh, and in particular you're looking at two bedroom properties where you can add a third bedroom. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you move the kitchen to a kitchen diner, maybe you shuffle the, the layout of the rooms upstairs, but that's what you're looking for. That kind of property is typically going to be a, a Victorian Edwardian terraced house. It's going to be in a row of very, very similar houses where either they're all exactly the same layout or every other one, they're kind of mirror images of one another. And you might have four or five different streets that meet that brief in that area. If your agent knows that that is exactly what you're looking for, when they are in their meeting with the person who's selling a house, there'll probably be one or three agents called out, they can say, in all honesty, to the, the, the person who is not yet instructed as an agent, they can say, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, um, if you instruct us, I've actually got someone who, who really wants to buy this house. I know already that they're, they're, this is what they do. This is their property that they develop. We're, we've dealt with them before. We know and trust them. I can bring them around tomorrow. I can bring them around tonight. You as the developer need to be on the end of the phone to be that first viewing that means the agent wins the instruction for you. Now, it might mean that sometimes you go and view properties that aren't really part of the, the, the kind of thing that you're looking for because you're helping the agent out. But it also means that when it is exactly your kind of property, the agent can truthfully upsell you to the owner yeah. and you get to see it before it ever goes to market. When you walk into it, it's really helpful. When you walk into an estate agent and you say, um, I'm interested in this property, would it be a good buy to let? 
What, what are they going to say? <laughs> it's like asking an agent if it's a good time to sell. The answer is yes, brilliant time, fabulous. Sign here. Cool. Um, Vested interest. They, Absolutely. They want to yeah. sell the house. Um, so estate what... agents cannot say to you, if you're selling a house or if you're looking at buying a house for, with buy to let potential, they're not likely to say to you, no, we don't want your business. The market's terrible. Come back in six months. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on the flip side are letting agents. So letting mm-hmm. agents are very different from estate agents. Obviously, estate agents are selling houses. Letting agents are renting them. Um, if a letting agent says to you, um, I, I, you speak to a letting agent and say, I've got this property. I'm thinking about buying it. Would it be a good renter? Um, what sort of response might you get from a letting agent? Letting agents will tell you that it's the best possible property you could rent out in the moment. They have really high demand for that. And if you only give it to them to rent out, then, uh, yeah, they'll have it out the door before before yeah. you can leave the premises. Because that's their business. That's yeah. what they have to do. And, again, their interest is in taking the property on so they can rent it out, so they can make some money. Yeah. And not just having the property from their books, but making sure it's not with the competition. So would you say... Um, most estate agents in are what percentage roughly do you think of estate agents are also active property buyers uh, in the sales arena probably less than five percent less than five percent yeah. um, in in the rentals if you're dealing with a, an independent agent or potentially if you're dealing with somebody who is the owner of a franchise so they're the owner of the business even if it's a, a national brand that they bought the right yeah. to trade under then you've got a much higher chance that a rentals person will have their own property. Yeah. In fact, quite a few people build up a portfolio of property and then go into rentals to manage their own yeah. properties and, and cover the yeah. cost of their own staff by having those yeah. services. Just exactly what I did. Yeah. 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 So people grow, they also more, they kind of grow into it, don't you? Why did you, after 16 years as an estate agent, mm-hmm. would you, many people watching this might think, well, he's 16 years as an estate agent. Surely he knows everything about property. Why did you feel that you needed to get education? And, and then what trainings have you done here at Progressive? Um, at Progressive, I've done your no money down training, uh, which I kind of discovered a multiple streams of property income. Um, that really, I think, is the foundation point for anyone. Uh, everybody should go to to have a look at that multiple streams because it will give you an overview of all the different esoteric strategies that there are in the market. Yeah. Um, from that, then I've also done uh, the serviced accommodation intensive training course, yeah. um, which is looking very specifically at uh, furnished holiday, holiday let's live, the kind of Airbnb yeah. model. And uh, my son has done the deal packaging course. Um, my wife, who was my business partner in, in the agency, has also done serviced accommodation as well. Right. Um, so we're kind of building up a portfolio of um, a kind of specific Uh, market uh, techniques that we can bring to bear now, having learned properly how to do it through Progressive. So after 16 years working as estate agents, being in the business for years, why did you feel that you needed training in the first place? Uh, Because an estate agent, even from our background of having gone into agency because we had invested in property, we had done that um, off the cuff, off our own bat. We'd read around a few things, but we hadn't ever had any kind of proper training or mentorship for it. Um, we actually came across people in our business who had training and mentorship, and many of the things that are taught to us, we had actually done or helped investors do without really knowing what they were or how the strategies worked. So, for example, we had a couple of properties in our agency that were uh, rent-to-rent properties that were rented from us at the cost of the of the property on a monthly basis, and then were rented out by the 
people who'd taken it from us on a room-by-room yeah. room basis as, as HMOs. And that had worked very well for our landlords because they were getting regular income. Yeah. It worked really well for us because as an agency, we didn't really have to do anything. We just kind of sat back and let them get on with it. But we could also see, because we knew the numbers, how well it was working for the investors. Yeah. Um, and having seen other people do that and put deals together around that kind of model for investors, we wanted to understand how it should be done properly. Um, so we knew we wanted to stay in property. Yeah. Uh, we could see the potential that our knowledge and experience of 16 years in the industry had brought mm. uh, uh, over and above where we started. But we knew that we also had to do it properly this time. We had to find proper training and mentors who had done the things that we wanted to do. Right. So that's why we're back in this training environment. Right. I guess it's kind of like a builder always building houses for other people or a plumber fixing plumbing for other people but not building houses for themselves. Yeah. And an estate agent was always selling houses to other investors but not doing it for yourself. Yeah, very much yeah. so. And, and so. we made more money investing in property in the five years before we started our agency than we did in the 16 years of running agency. Interesting. Um, right. we, we did get you know paychecks at the end for selling yeah. the business that we'd built, but the month-on-month, year-on-year returns from the investment property actually yeah. kept us going when the estate agency business was uh, suffering the worst of its downturn. So if you've got somebody listening at the moment and they're thinking, um, there's some big property players in my town, how can I compete with them? They're going to get all the best deals from the agents. Um, can, can somebody who's starting out with no, little to no experience be able to get in there and compete for good deals through estate agents at, at the same level as the big player? Um, yeah, it's relationship building. So the big players may have relationships with agents, but I tell you something for nothing, which is that the big agents are not, the big players are not buying everything the agents have to sell. Mm. And as I've said before, it's actually, uh, you, can, you can put the, the purchase of houses on a pedestal if, you, if you're not careful and make that something that you think is the be-all and end-all. Actually, as a, somebody starting out in the business, say, for example, you're doing lots of direct-to-vendor marketing. Yeah. You're putting your own leaflets and flyers out in the marketplace and you're getting calls into people saying, yes, I need to sell my house. How can you help? Well, actually, one or two of those might turn into very lucrative deals. But the majority of those people who are responding to your personalised advert are exploring possibilities when their best solution is a conventional estate agency sale. So yeah. suddenly you have the most valuable commodity to any local agent, which is a number of people who need to sell their house and for whom the best solution is to instruct a local estate agent. Right. Um, and to get it, let's say you want to get, you're selling a house, because some people here might be doing flips, they might be doing refurbing houses and selling. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get the agent, you're putting your property on the market with an estate agent, yep. and they're selling 40, 50, 60 other houses at the same time. Yep. How do you get them to prioritize yours, sell yours before everybody else's? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure there's a very straightforward answer to that, only in as much as it's ultimately the market conditions that determine who buys and who sells. You think any property will sell yeah. at the right price. Say so if you have a terraced house in a in a you know conventional metropolitan city that might be worth hundred thousand pounds. If you try and sell it for hundred and twenty, it doesn't matter how great your estate agent is, no one's gonna buy it. If you can yeah. buy the one next door for hundred. If you sell it for eighty You'll have people queuing out the door because you're selling it undervalued. So ultimately, houses sell at the price that the market dictates. Yeah. So I, I don't know that you can necessarily... What about getting them to market it more than other people's? What about getting them to really push people to view yours over somebody else's? 
can you incentivize them to do that? Uh, you can, yeah. So you could, for example, um, instead of just paying them a, a, a percentage fee, you could agree a minimum amount that you'll pay them and then incentivize them by offering them a, a percentage on the, a higher percentage on the total over and above your right. baseline price. So that £100,000 house, you might say, um, I will pay you 900 quid for putting it on the market, but anything over 95 then I will pay you 10% of yeah, that. Bonus, extra yeah. bonus. Okay, cool. Right, so um, now you've come done your 16 years of estate agency. You've given it up. You've come back into trying to rebuild the portfolio you started in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done the multiple streams of property income you've attended. Um, nominee down training, service accommodation training, deal packaging for your son. Um, so it's really much a family yeah, absolutely. Business there. So what's the, what's the next steps? Where, where do you see yourself going now over the next sort of one, two, three, four years? What's the what's the goal? Okay, that that's a really interesting question. I think the immediate and short term plan is that we are looking at some rent to HMO or rent to service accommodation um, opportunities because that will bring us some cash flow. Yeah. Um, although we are actually, our day-to-day life is paid for by our property portfolio, we actually have a really good staff member who we are uh, keeping on to manage our properties and to help us right. develop both our and his personal property portfolios as well. Cool, yeah. So um, the, the cash flow is kind of a, the critical short-term goal. As we look kind of medium and longer term, we're looking at kind of conversion opportunities. So the... Um, the two areas where we're particularly focusing on are um, the kind of terraced conversion that I mentioned previously, turning two beds into three beds yep. and turning one bed flats into two beds. Um, our kind of medium to longer term aim in property is eventually to move into the commercial conversion realm, but we need to kind of build the foundations before we go into that. Um, and on a personal level, the other thing which I, I think you're aware of is I've done some speaker training with Progressive as well. Um, I have found that in conversations with people in the community, actually the information and knowledge that we have on, on how the house sales process works, how to value properties, how to find properties, build relationships with agents, yeah. is, is something that a number of people come back to me over and over again and ask questions about. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm kind of now looking at how I can develop that into a resource that people can, can access, ideally through, through Progressive as well. Right, so let's touch on a couple of those points. Um, first of all is... Um, for people who are watching, should they be getting their property advice from estate agents and letting agents in terms of what they should be buying and what they should be renting and what they should rent them for? Or is is that very much just the agents are where you find your deal, but your advice you find elsewhere? Uh, yeah, very much that latter model. You are a property professional in a way that estate agents and sales or lettings agents really are just uh, people behind a desk doing the job that they they stumbled into out of high school or at whatever point in their career. Um, the, The analogy I would use is I would never make a financial decision based entirely upon the advice of somebody who was being paid to give financial advice in a nine-to-five job for a bank, something like that. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're going to take financial investment advice, take that advice from someone whose financial investments have given them the time freedom to decide that they want to train and mentor and help people out. Um, and the same is absolutely true in property. Um, you need to know far more about the property market, your aspirations, how it all works and how it fits together and the strategies that you're working towards than the estate agents that you talk to so that you can use the good information and discard the bad advice they'll give you. Do you think as we head into 2022, um, 
where do you see the market going in terms of do you see agents are going to need maybe in 2021 agents haven't needed investors as much because they could they could sell a deal to anybody really quickly do you think that 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 tide's going to turn a little bit and agents are going to need oh. need to build more relationships with us as investors as we go into 22 3 4 absolutely know that there will be a crash we just don't know when it's going to be and how do we know because there always has been uh, um Jim Rohn, the great sort of philosopher, discusses being invited to talk to a whole room full of high-powered business people. Them saying, "Jim, you've seen a lot of business over the last number of years. What's what does the future hold? What's the next ten years hold for us?" And Jim said, "Well, the next ten years holds pretty much what the last ten years hold: um, opportunity mixed with difficulty. And sometimes there'll be more opportunity, and sometimes there'll be more difficulty. Actually, as investors, our difficulty, as you've." rightly indicated, has been that the rising market means that agents don't have to be creative. Properties come on the market with them, they're sold, sometimes for above asking price. Properties are rented out immediately to a queue of potential tenants lining up out the building you can pick and choose. Now's the time to build those relationships because it might be six months or it might be six years, but there will be a point in the not very distant future when the sales dry up and the instructions dry up and the tenants dry up and suddenly the agents need you as the investor to solve their problems and you as the investor then have the pick of the market if you put in the work now. So for anyone who's listening to this thinking, how do I reach Joe? I want to know more about like estate agents, about um, the insider secrets of working with agents. Um, how can they find you? Um, easiest way is probably in the Facebook progressive Community. Right, so Progressive um, Property Community on Facebook. So if you go into Facebook, type Progressive Property Community and click the join button. A couple of questions to make sure you're a property investor. And then it's Joe Catch side. So that's C A T C H S I D E. Oh, close. Catch E side. Catch C A T C H E S I D E. So C A T C H E S I D E. Joe Catch side. Yeah. And um, are you on any other social platforms? Um, I, predominantly, I, I use Facebook for kind of yeah. my personal and professional interactions. So you'll actually, the progressive community is the easiest place to find me. There's right. one other Joe Catch side in the country, but um, you'd pretty soon work out that that's not me or that I'm not him, depending <laughs> right. on who you're looking for. Uh, you'll also find me Joe Catch, at Joe Catch side on Twitter. Okay. Um, so you can see me there, but Facebook is uh, my kind of principal medium of communication. Awesome. Cheers, Joe, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. Remember, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. We're out every Tuesday, first thing in the morning on a Tuesday morning. So make sure you've subscribed. Make sure that you also follow us on YouTube. A lot of content on YouTube every week. And as Joe said, get over there to the Progressive Property Facebook community. Connect with Joe. Reach out to him and say hi. Let him know what you thought of the podcast. And also, let me know what you thought of the podcast. And hopefully catch up with you and see you soon. So I'll be back next week with the next episode. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. See you next time.